Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Digital Intercourse, the shame-busting podcast from the buckle of the Bible belt. My name is Tom King, and I am joined once again by the repeat that can't be beat, Kara. Hey, how's everybody? Oh, I'm doing well. The weather's changing, and I'm trying to get used to it. <laughs> I, I'm a summer guy. I like warm weather. I love October because I love football season and Halloween. So right. that, that balances out for the, the colder weather that I'm not a fan of. So it's like the, the mornings when you have to leave in a hoodie and by noon you're stripped down to a fucking t-shirt and you're sweating to death. Right. You know, you start out with the heater on in the car in the morning and you have to turn it to AC to drive home in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get in the car to drive home, and you're like, oh, fuck it, you're, you're just belted with the heat that you needed in the morning. Yeah, right, it's right, that, right. it's that. Well, we've got uh, sex in the news today, or as we like to call it, fuck tales, woohoo, which means we are also joined by producer Devo. How's it going, Tom? It is going. How are you adapting to this colder weather? You know, uh, I am uh, also not a fan of colder weather. Um, I, I do enjoy as a uh, rotund gentleman wearing hoodies and shorts, but uh, I would I'd much prefer the summer. Uh, so I'm dealing with it. It's fine. We're going right. to get through it. We'll these, get through it together. These uh, precedented times, because it happens every year. Yeah, so it, it actually happens, is yeah, a precedented time. Yeah, it literally happens every year. Uh, you know, uh, as, as I tell people when, in uh, my line of work, when I have to tell them about people moving to places like Oklahoma, um, no one ever was going to live here. It's really cold in the summer, super hot in the or really cold in the winter, super hot in the summer, and there are magical funnels that come out of the sky to kill you. <laughs> like, why in the world do we live here? And this is where your brag wagon wheel broke. And yeah, you're like, well, I guess I live here now. You know, a uh, friend of the show, Lauren Turner, uh, she recently was uh, made her uh, re-debut on stand-up, and as she said, like, you know, that's how you know people in Oklahoma gave up, because they just, like, got on the Oregon Trail and made it, you know, one state over, and was like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't make it any further. We're good. Uh, but we got some stories here for you today. Uh, it's from the world, the wide world of uh, sex and everything else out there. Um, this first story comes to us from Vice. Uh, it is Puppy Girls, the women with a fetish for acting like cute dogs. Uh, and uh, puppy girl Jenna earns $10,000 a month on OnlyFans, making videos of herself playing fetch, begging for food, and being taken on nice, long, don't like to use the word walkies here, but uh, walks. Is that a British slang? That no, this is vice. Walkies. This is oh, America. This is, okay. this, is, this, is, this is the Los Estados Unidos, my friend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> amigo. Uh, also, I don't like their lack of an Oxford comma in that is either. So uh, I'm very prudish about those things. Uh, but uh, yeah, $10,000 a month. I, I, I'd seen this. I think we, I think we talked about uh, another puppy story maybe a few months ago about a woman in Europe that was, that was doing this. And I don't think she had monetized it to this level. I think it was just a video of her in public and people were like, what's going right. on here? This, this was where the cops were called on a woman who was on a walkie. She, mm -hmm. she was dressed from the neck down. She was dressed normally, but she had on a puppy mask and then a leash and collar and her, her top, her owner uh, was giving her a walk at like 10 AM on a Monday through London. <laughs> and people were like that, What's happening here? We need yeah. to make sure this is consensual. <laughs> context, please. <laughs> like, yeah, there is a little bit of a need for some context there. Uh, now, in, in this animal kink, we recently had an episode with Eve and Rain where they do a lot of puppy play, and they also go out mm -hmm. in public with their pony play. Uh, they keep the kink aspect of it when they're in public kind of low. Like, mm -hmm. like, they talked about going out to the Guthrie Green around Christmas time, and he's a reindeer. Like, so nobody thinks of it as a kink thing. Yeah. You're just a reindeer. Oh, it's Christmas. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But but this, uh, she's full on sexual. I don't now this this article here. I don't uh, think she's doing it in public. She's doing it online. Well, she's in public there. And okay. by the way, hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, she said that. Uh, what's the quote here? It's insane. Uh, I never thought my weird dog kink would uh, be looked at by a broad audience, and that so many people would like or care about it. It still blows my mind. Um, and it says uh, says here uh, that. You might have heard of puppy play in the gay community, which first began getting mainstream notoriety around 2015 with TV shows like uh, The Secret Life of Human Pups. So this may be as actually coming from uh, England, even though Vice is an American product because it says Channel 4, which I know is an English property. Uh, But uh, the trend is starting to grow uh, with... God damn it, I just remembered something. Uh, The trend is starting to grow with straight woman. Uh, Tom... um, I don't know if you remember the Trish Stratus Vince McMahon where he made her act like a dog in the ring. Oh, yeah. WWF in like, what, 2000? Yeah, 2000, 2001, somewhere around. Yeah, the whole, like, where he was having an affair with her in front of his comatose wife. Yeah, this is pro wrestling. It's great. Yeah, Uh, so he's the owner of the company in real life and also on screen, and he was abusing uh, his co his. His employee, employee, yeah. yeah, by making her in the ring bark like a dog and crawl on all fours. This which, is while he was cheating on his wife with her in the storyline. In the storyline, <laughs> and his wife was comatose in a wheelchair, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just was reminded of that puppy play thing. So there's, I guess, my familiarity with puppy play came when I was yeah. uh, 20 years old in Vince McMahon. Yeah, and well, Trish Stratus makes a hot puppy. Uh, have you done any puppy play? Do you do any animal kinks, Kara? Um, I have gotten involved with with some of it. Um, being on the uh, the top, or as it's commonly known as the handler, um, I I kind of enjoy it. Um, you know, it's like uh, puppy play, kitten play, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, at the local dungeon that I attend, um, we have various furries that that come, and um, it's kind of fun to play fetch with them and and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't say I've bent any of them over and fucked them, but um, there's a couple I would have if that if that would have been a thing. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, but yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't experienced a lot of puppy play. Now I have seen uh, have people at dungeons that are into puppy play, but the the scenes that I've watched, one there's one in particular I think maybe was a fox, and so this mm-hmm. person was just kind of running around and had little fox toys and was right. not necessarily in a specific scene with one person, right? Just kind of playing around in fox mode, and that was a lot of fun to watch, right? Uh, my my biggest animal kink is is kitty play, right? Who purr in my ear and things are gonna heat up real quick. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> you come up and start rubbing on me and like, <laughs> yeah, boy. Now. So, you know, they, I think the part of the story that what they're getting to here is more that, you know, they're acknowledging that this is something that has been around for a long time, Absolutely. but it's been, you know, typically either associated with the gay community or much more hardcore. Like she's not wearing hoods or she's not doing, you know, dressing like a reindeer or something like, you know, like you're alluding to. And, you know, it mentions, I think several times in this article, and this is something that you know, we're going to have a gener, you know, a new new generation of people that are going to be, you know, th- like thankfully, I think like this podcast will probably be very unnecessary in like ten or twenty years. Like, I don't think that. I do. I think there's always going to be stigma around sex. It's gonna. I don't. Think I, I don't think you understand the power of TikTok. I don't because I, they, I can confirm I don't understand because the they, they mention that numerous times in this article is like 
where the, this sort of has started with the straight community is that it's become normalized through TikTok. And and I've seen this with lots of other, like the whole e-girl phenomenon was normalized through TikTok, like and all that stuff. So, I mean, and while there will always be stigmas on certain things, like I do think there is just, it's just more out there for people. Like, yeah. And you may have a good point there. Cause I do know a few people that are high school teachers that will tell you that like being gay now is not really a stigma amongst oh, no. high school yeah. kids. Yeah. And right. when I was in high school in the nineties, it definitely fucking was. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. I, I mean, stuff... you mentioned that, you know, I mean, that was something you were harassed about yeah. and like if they wanted to make fun of you, Oh, you were gay mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And now that's, that's not the case. Yeah. And, and certainly I would say that there is still a slight stigma around, uh, homosexual men in, in high schools, yep. but it's far less than it used to be. Um, but certainly for women, like there are classes that you can go to high schools now where it might be a majority of identifying lesbians in the classroom when, when it comes to the girls in the class. Like, but yeah, it is one of those things where I think there's a lot of things that have been in the past, uh, viewed as, you know, just hidden away that are just right. out there now and available in a, easily consumable sub one minute video that piques people's interest. And then they start going down those rabbit holes and they find these things, which is, I think is what this lady's alluding to is that it's kind of what, you know, got her into it. Um, but, uh, the, so the, the derivative, you know, the derivation of joy here or happiness from it is from the article is the idea for the person that's playing the puppy they seem to say that it's like the idea of like, they like being controlled, mm-hmm. like so, being controlled, like being cared for, right. uh, kind of petted and, and, right. and loved on a little bit. So it's, it's all Loved, that kind nurtured of, and, and all that. And yeah. Yeah. There's a, there, there's definitely a freedom that comes along with that. So, you know, and I, I would say in general, I do treat dogs better than I treat humans. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe it's same. Just the, <laughs> Rarely do I rub a friend's belly, which, you know, maybe, <laughs> Maybe that's on me. Maybe I should be rubbing more of my friends' bellies. Maybe you but. should be rubbing. Yeah, who's got your belly, bud? Right? You know, uh, You'll let a random dog come up and lick you and rub on his belly and all that. Yeah. A random person comes well, up and walks up and licks you, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think I think with dogs, you'll let any dog do it. With humans, you'll let some do it. Like, right. oh, yeah, that's okay. You're good, but maybe right. not you, bud. Like, uh, yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, growing trend. Um, and, you know, I, I think... Uh, you know, you're going to, I think we're going to see more things like this become, it's going to be kind of a standard to see more things just become sort of normalized, which is great. Um, well, the more it gets out there and then someone goes like, Oh, Oh my God. Like I'm not the only one. Like, you know, I mean, when my wife got into kink, she, she's big into pegging and, um, you know, uh, where can we get those kind of toys? By the way, well, <laughs> as it turns out, you can go find our friends over at peggingtoys.com. They've got lube and hygiene products, anal beads, vibrating fun toys, anything that you need. And all you need to get in it, to get in it, is in uh, a promo code digital. Get 10% off your first purchase at peggingtoys.com. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> my wife just thought she was weird. That yeah. she liked pegging. And then, you know, she got into the kink community and was like, holy shit, there are people lined up around the corner that want this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there are people that are lined up around the corner that are willing to do it, right? Like so it. she's like, oh, so she's like way more open about it now. And she's like, like, yeah, I like to fuck people in the ass with a strap on. Okay. I like the idea that it's like the doorbuster on Thanksgiving Day, you know, like at the sale or people are lined up. Like, <laughs> All right, it's pegging time. <laughs> You have no idea. Like I promise no, you, I don't. you could you could take a rock 
and throw it and hit two dozen people that would be into it. And it, <laughs> it astounds me, never the least, that people will, uh, new dominant men will come in, they're Uber doms and all this kind of stuff, and then they slide into my wife's inbox <laughs> after the party, and they're like, hey, I don't want anybody to know about this, but... uh you know, you're into the thing, and I, I, I think I might want to try it, or I like it. You know, I mean, it's lose the shame behind it. You like getting fucked in the ass with a strap on? Great. So does half the fucking community, right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I've seen that a lot. <laughs> Turning forty was a real eye opener for me when I went to the doc. <laughs> right, he's, uh, he's turning around the doctor. Just put another thing in, doc. Let's just make sure <laughs> we get all the information here. <laughs> Is that all you got? You got anything bigger? Use your thumb, dog. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from the puppy girl story, we have uh, a... Thank you, Yahoo. I do agree. Uh, non. This is a story from Yahoo News uh, from September 30th. Uh, Non-binary kink educators explain how spanking therapy can help you work through negative emotions. Uh, and the, uh, the, the basically... The article is talking about, um, you know, uh, spanking, which is associated with, I guess, the BDSM community, um, is a way to work through um, your pain and mental anguish. Yeah, and we've talked about that a few times on the podcast, of that being kind of a, a healing aspect for a lot of people for, you know, trauma, shame, a lot of things that people have dealt with and gone through. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, for uh, those that that may have heard of it or not heard of it, uh, cathartic scenes are very much a thing. Um, I I go through them semi regularly, and that's just where you know someone induces for me they induce enough physical pain that it lets me kind of crawl inside my mind and just expel that negative energy and uh, you know get those things out and cry it out or fight through it or whatever I need to do to push past that, those negative things. And, um, you know, so some people are like, Oh, so like BDSM is kind of like therapy. And I'm like, I'm not saying it is, but it can be. Yeah. And there's not a goddamn thing wrong with it. Yeah. And, and this article also talks about not having these cathartic scenes with your partner, but like you don't, you would go to a therapist in a different way than how you would talk to stuff with your partner. Yeah. And so that's kind of what this is getting into. And so it's still, you can still get spanked by your partner. Yeah. Uh, but they're saying there's still some added kind of benefits to going to someone who maybe is a licensed spanking therapist. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the scientific aspect of it is that this is a release of endorphins and endorphins make you feel good. They make you feel better. And it's a way to, uh, you know, it says, uh, I think it's here. It's like, uh, if you're, when you're feeling flattened by life, spanking therapy can be a way to remind you of the fullness of your humanity and the joy of life. It can bring back your inner fire, which, yeah, I mean, think about how many of us, especially in like the pandemic and, and things like that have just been just beaten down. Right. I mean, and if you're like, you know, it's like the old, uh, you know, office space movie. If you have that type of job and you've just lost the zest for life or whatever, this might be a way that you can go refine your zeal for what's going on out there. Um, yeah, I, now you guys obviously would know better than me. Are there, do you know of any licensed spanking therapist in the Oklahoma or Tulsa area, or is it just more of professional amateurism? I, I don't know that there, I know of any licensed spanking therapist. I don't even know where you would get that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, um, I mean, in a nutshell, Every pro dom that's out there, period. I like if, if there's a lot of people that that's there's some therapy there. 
Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying every one of their clients is that, but I guarantee you they have clients that it is, it's very much that. It's, it's therapy for them. Where would, if somebody would wanted to go find a pro dom, do you know where they might be able to find one? This is not a setup for a plug. This is just a question. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's still a little bit of, of underground with that um, from my experience um, because, um, you know, it's, it's considered quote-unquote prostitution even though 99% of the pro doms that I personally know, they tell all their clients up front, like, look, I am never, ever going to have sex with you. Yeah. I will make you think from moment one that I'm going to fuck your brains out <laughs> and I'm going to make you feel like that, but I will never have sex with you. Um, I'm not saying none of them do, you know, but um, it's, that's just what they tell people up front and you're the very upfront about that. But um, you know, I mean, it's kind of the way you, you can go on the internet now and find local BDSM dungeons through, you know, Fet Life and things like that. Um, you can find some pro doms there, but you know, you get involved in the BDSM community a little bit, and uh, it's not hard to find out where to find pro doms. Yeah, um, but it's still kind of underground for now. And there's a little kind of therapy from being a top in a scene like that too, because you've got so many aspects of your life, things that you can't control. You know, especially right now mm -hmm. with with everything that's going yeah. on, you feel like you've lost control. So when you have a scene like that, and you've got someone tied up, you got you've got actual control over something. And that can also be very cathartic. So there's something to the top and the bottom that can be therapeutic from something like this. I think anything that establishes either, you know, we, we've mentioned in lots of records the word control. And we as humans, you know, I can be kind of a control freak in, in life, uh, which I'm sure you guys have experienced because, you know, running this network, I have to occasionally proverbial whip people into shape and like get things going. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, you know, it, it's very hard for me personally to be out of control. Like it's why I don't like flying. Like it's not being in the, you know, plane or being in the sky. It's that I'm not flying the airplane. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> issue for me with flying. Uh, so yeah, I don't know um, what it would be like to just have that, just put that control into someone else's hands at that point. I don't know. I don't know if I could, I could handle that or not, but that, that definitely seems to be the overriding theme. And a lot of these things that we come up with, you know, the, the puppy play that we just mentioned, right. you know, it's about the control or controlling. So I'm well, openly a switch. And I mean, so I, I enjoy both aspects of that. My wife, not so much. Like she, she's like, no, there's not a submissive or, uh, you know, it, she doesn't want to give up that control. Um, she's like, you are that she's very much, Hey, I'm always in control. And, and that's what does it for her. Um, it's, it's very freeing to give up that control and just like, you get to be mindless. You don't have to, like, I've had days where I don't have to get up and decide what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to eat. Like everything's decided for me. And so that takes away the stress of that. Um, but there's times that I, I'm like what Tom was talking about. I like to take that control. I like to take what I want. And I, I like the, for me, where I get the high off that is somebody trusting me enough to be vulnerable enough to let me have utter control over them in that moment. Like that vulnerability and all that, that's, that's hot as fuck to me. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> look, I no, I definitely understand because sometimes the burden of like, you know, uh, I have always been the person like when people are like, Hey, like they're always like, Hey, what are we doing? Like I 
I have, I bear the burden of like planning everything. Right. And I can definitely see where for some people giving that up would be incredibly pleasurable. Uh, and just to not have to, you know, to say, fuck it. You know, it's kind of like the whole thing, like, you know, when you, you know, canceled plans are like some of the times the most, the best thing you can experience is like your plans get canceled. Like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to go. Do that yeah. <laughs> like I know it was going to be fun. I know it was like having drinks with the boys at the bar or whatever, but it got canceled. So there's something that I didn't control it and now it's done. So yeah. And aftercare can be pretty important in scenes like that too. Like it's always it's huge. Gonna, yeah. You're, that's, that's it, the scene without the aftercare is, is like you, you didn't finish the book, you know, like you didn't right. really get to where you were going. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, we've talked about puppy play. We talked about spanking therapy. Uh, and now we're got an article here from the daily mail. Uh, and it's talking about, does your partner have a secret sex fetish? Tracy Cox. Don't know who that is. Reveals the six signs to look for and how to handle it. If their kink leaves you horrified. Am I the only one that's juvenile enough to be amused at the sex bloggers last name is Cox? Cox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, we, we had a, we had the Randy Scott story on our previous, uh, uh, quickie a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Randy Cox would be a great name too. <laughs> Randy Cox and Tracy. Yeah. Randy Cox and Tracy Scott. <laughs> Tracy Scott does sound like a female porn actress. Yeah. yeah. So I think just the Scots part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some signs, um, uh, so uh, there, there are a few signs here, uh, their clothes and general behavior may give you a clue. People who are into BDSM will often wear things uh, that hint to their fetish, a leather choker or a leather wristband with studs on it. Uh, yeah. My first inclination when I see a dude with like a leather wristband with studs is that they're just really into bad punk rock music. <laughs> like, not good punk. They're just like posing a little bit. If someone has a foot fetish, they'll play an abnormal amount of attention to your shoes. I guess I have a foot fetish because I have like 26 pairs of shoes. You do love your <laughs> shoes. I do love my shoes. Uh, I don't think I have a foot fetish. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, I think that's just being into sneakers. I don't think that's, yeah. you know. Now, uh, have you, you ever had, had, I was going to say, have you ever had anybody clean your shoes while you've had them on? No. <laughs> why, why, why would I want no. my no? I mean, first of all, a good pair of sneakers needs to have a nice wear on them. Like that gives okay. them that gives them all character. Right. So you know. Well, maybe not then, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 because there, I mean, there's a whole boot, boot blacking fetish oh. uh, that goes along with that, and having somebody clean your boots and shine them and all that kind of stuff, like. The first time I experienced that from the top side of things, like them down there doing that, I didn't realize how powerful that was. And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> and then you get to kick the shit out of them with them after. <laughs> like, fucking A. I didn't All do right, that much of a scene, but I, d- I did do it. Uh, I saw a boot blacking demo and I was there in like Chuck Taylor's and they were like, if anybody wants us to clean our shoes. And they had, of course, a huge fucking kit of all kinds of stuff. It's like, we can clean any shoes. And I was like, you can't clean these. And he was like, yeah, I can. All right. And it was, so, yeah. And it was, I got up there and was like, well, this is really just having someone in service like that for you. Yeah. And they made my shoes look really good. It was just a beat up old Tanner Joe Day. was like, this is really nice. It is. I'm like, like you get something out of it. And yeah, it's just like a whole thing. So, this part of the article is starting to sound like an after school special. Like, is your kid on drugs? Is your kid yeah. worshiping in the devil? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, let's go quickly go through these here, real quick. Uh, they ask you things like, what's the weirdest thing you've uh, got up to sexually? I mean, as someone who is uh, clearly uh, the most vanilla person in the room, although I am an incredibly interesting person, uh, (laughs) um, uh, (laughs) um, that is sort of like 
you know, you kind of got to feel your way out, you know, like, yeah, like, cause it, I, I, it would be nice if you could just be like, Hey, what's the weirdest shit you want to do? <laughs> like, but it doesn't always work that way. I think maybe, maybe for y'all it's different, but for me, it's, I don't know. I, I got to tiptoe around that a little bit. It depends on where you meet the person. Yeah. If you meet them in a dungeon, you, you got yeah. a pretty open space yeah, okay, there. Yeah. Right. If you, you just meet, meet them at, if you meet any, at the church social. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, back when I was, you know, just got divorced and all that, and I was dating online, you know, doing the online dating apps and all that kind of stuff. I just did just that. I'm like, what do you think of BDSM? Like, just straight up. Yeah. And I had a lot of them go, well, what's that? Well, this ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I always have just put it out there, but y'all know that I'm, I'm a real, I don't give a fuck kind of girl. So yeah. Yeah. As someone who's recently single, this has come up more now because I'm mm -hmm. like, I kind of, am tired of vanilla so i need to but it's hard to feel that out with people i mean it's just like it is i don't want to start something and find out that here's what you like is uh you know missionary and that's it right, <laughs> right. uh second now it does yeah. it, it is it's it's so the Tom part of this article is all about finding out you know if your partner has a secret fetish so Kara, i want to ask you a, a question that may be a little personal so take as much time as you need do you think that maybe your partner has a fetish <laughs> Uh, that she has a fetish. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that your partner does that might be considered kinky? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot shorter list than if I say that, like, my partner's not in. Is there two. anything boring about your partner? <laughs> right. Her number one kink is pegging, but you know, uh, actually, that's a lie. Her number one kink is suspicion. Um, uh, well, that works out for you. Uh, well, it did. I mean, it, it's very different than being a trans woman, but. Um, it, it's how I stumbled into finding out I was trans. So, um, yep. it kind of worked, but yeah. Opening them doors. Yep. It is. Uh, some other things here. They suggest you watch porn with a certain theme. Okay. Um, kind of adds up. Uh, uh, they'll make a joke about trying it, which I think is pretty common. A way oh, people, yeah. I mean, humor is a good gateway for lots of things. So yep. I, don't, I don't think these are like, you know, this is about finding out if they're into something. I don't think they're necessarily saying these are bad to do these things. Like, I just like, these are ways that you might notice that they're trying to, yeah. it might be more of a PSA here to be like, uh, you know, uh, they'll try a watered down version of what they want. Um, if, if he pulls your hair and gets really excited, he could be itching to try a BDSM mm. like, uh, wild kinky stuff like hair pulling. <laughs> hey, Hey, you know what, Tom? <laughs> Not everyone is walking no. around wearing their fishnets all the goddamn time. Huh? You know, there are no. some people in this world that are maybe trying to ease their way into things. Yeah, and, and so I was at full throttle. <laughs> Wham! Now I was reading this thing like this is this is is this a Cosmo article? And then I'm starting yeah. to put myself in the context of like a person who. Like you just said, like hasn't been to BDSM yeah. doesn't know what their partner likes, and maybe doesn't entirely know what they like. I'm so going. I'm going to maybe rock your world here, Tom. I would say that the majority of people have not been to a BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I would say I, I don't know. Like that's probably uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> so like this stuff, the the thing they're saying, even though I, I kind of was laughing at it, like it's really not outrageous. Like for somebody who is exploring themselves and wanting to explore with their partner, this is. I mean, pretty typical of what you would be doing to try to find out, right? <laughs> as much as I giggle at it. You know? and, and, you know, I mean, it was the same way uh, until I found my, my current partner. It's, uh, it was, it was hard trying to figure that out. And, you know, it's like you see somebody and you're uber attracted to them. Um, like meeting people online, I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof, but like, you know, I meet them out 
um, as stupid as it sounds, like you see them at the grocery store or, or you know, wherever you see yeah. them out somewhere in public. And then you're like, oh, my God, how do I find out if they're kinky? Like, <laughs> how, how do I how do I do yeah. that? Because I know if they're not kinky, this shit ain't going to work. But yeah, yeah. and this does, I, I do think this article comes from a, a, a good place. Like they're trying to say, like, these are people, people have fetishes and kinks and things that they want and they're, they're not able to express them due to, you know, repression or shame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it ends with what to do if your partner confesses, um, you know, it says having a fetish isn't an unhealthy, unhealthy or a sign of psychological disorder, you know, like anything like that. And it's basically the good advice of like, you know, that's the risk. I think people, that's why people are scared. They're scared that if they bring it up, that their partner is going to be mortified and just be like, all right, I'm packing the bags and getting the fuck out of the house or whatever. Right. right? right, right. But they're going to have that super negative yeah. response. And they're like, yeah, don't have that negative response. You know, right. don't be afraid to be not into it, but like, don't just like immediately just be like, fuck you. You're that's gross or whatever. Right. Um, I had a friend once she was, she was having sex with someone. I, I may have said this on here before, but like, he was like, I just really want to, I just really want to try something at sex tonight. She's like, okay, go for it. And she's waiting for it or whatever. What, what was going to happen? Like, she's like, we're just having sex. It was that when he came, he wanted to yell Pantera. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, well, it was just weird. (laughs) Like, I was like, if it makes you happy, great. But okay. Like, that's like, (laughs) that's what you wanted to do. (laughs) You just wanted to yell out metal band names and like, yeah, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> like, so I mean, you might find that your partner's just like, okay, fine. If that's what makes you happy, then great. I don't, you know, they don't have to be into it. If you know, but if it makes you happy and doesn't offend them, then then great. You know, you know, and I guess I do. I take a lot of that stuff for granted. I mean, as someone who's openly trans, I'm openly kinky and I'm openly openly polyamorous. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, for me, I'm like, if I take on a partner and they're like, oh, I'm into this thing, and it's not something I'm interested in, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm poly. You know, like yeah. you're free to explore and get, and get that elsewhere. So I do take that for granted. Where, well, you know, I, I'm just not used to. And, uh, I, and I and I joke, you know, I, I joked about like, you know, I talked about how like you know, you're trying to find out if people are into things in the dating world and, you know, you have obviously dating apps and things like that, you know, for me in my profession, I can't really divulge too much on any sort of public normal dating app. Right. Because, because people that I work with, you know, uh, they, they are on those apps too. And if they come across that profile and if they saw that, you know, I was wanting to explore a polyamorous relationship or something like that, that could have very real world ramifications for me. Right. right? And that's kind of the, the issue I think on some of this is where, you know, a lot of it has to stay, you know, kind of ambiguous or just unstated or whatever. So uh, it's rough out there, you know, it's, you know, some people have those jobs and do whatever the fuck they want to do, but we've had plenty of guests on that, you know, have to hide things and and do stuff, which is a real shame. Uh, There is a uh, list of, top fetishes uh, on this as well of 2000 Brits that were uh, introduced in the top 10 fetishes in Great Britain are filming yourself having sex. Um, I feel like that's, that's pretty common. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally very easy. Uh, I mean, that's been back since the day of like VHS, VHS <laughs> right? To like stumble across your parents' sex tape. <laughs> oh God. It's labeled like 19, whatever football game yeah, or it's, it's... <laughs> something weird. Thank God I never ran across Tom that. School one of my play. <laughs> no, I was, uh, Looking through a box of my dad's VHS porn, and I saw a label that was written in my mom's handwriting and just said Hugh and me. <laughs> that was my dad's name, was Hugh. <laughs> did did so it say I, Hugh and me or Hugh in me? 
It, it just said, it said and. Oh, okay. But that was the last time I explored any of my dad's porn collection, <laughs> which may have been the point. Maybe they didn't feel themselves. She just wrote that down to scare me away. If so, fucking nailed it. <laughs> well played, mom. Well played. Because not all of those tapes were labeled. And I was like, I can't risk it. I can't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, they have BDSM, role play, a fascination with rubber, latex, or leather, uh, spanking, foot fetishes, cross dressing, uh, water sports, swinging, or group sex and exhibition. And so just basically a laundry list of the most well known fetishes or yeah. what people in great. Right. Uh, and apparently, as we learned in our uh, episode a couple weeks ago, lots of outdoor sex. Yeah. There you go. Lots of outdoor sex. Uh, it does get into describing the difference between a kink and a fetish. This is a topic that keeps coming up. Uh, we have described fetish as being something that is required. This goes in a little bit more in depth. It says the fetish is not necessarily something that is required every time to get aroused, but it is kind of an obsession. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not it's not necessary every time. A kink, you can have more variety, take it or leave it. You like it, but you don't always do it. Right. Uh, fetish becomes more of an obsession for people and not necessarily a requirement. So that was an, uh, an altered definition that I found interesting. Yeah, no, and I, I think that is, that clearly, that, that kind of fits more with my, how I grew up understanding fetish or whatever, which was like, it's what you're, I don't know if obsession is necessarily, you know, I think that might be a little bit strong or whatever. But like I, you know, I know I have certain fetishes for certain things. Like I apparently love women with big noses. Like like I like a equine nose, the the Roman nose or whatever, um, which is a very weird thing to actually know what that's called. <laughs> and I assume that there's some sort of uh, it's probably like a rhinophilia or something like that. I see rhinoplast, you know, rhinos yeah. nose or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, like I mean, but like the, the meaning of this is, and like this podcast, like be open and honest with your partner. Don't be worried. A good relationship. If, if they like slam the door on you and run away because you bring up what you're into, that's probably not a relationship you need to be in. Yeah. That's just I not agree. the right partner. I mean, for now, you. That doesn't mean that like you should be upset if they're not into it. Oh, right. But like, just, you know, work it out. Right. You right. know, if, if they're not into it, they're not into it. Like that's just something you have to deal well, with. Well, I mean, and, you know, how many partners go and, and sit and ride around on a golf cart? They don't give two shits about fucking playing golf, yeah. but they'll go ride around with their partner because yeah. that's what they're into. Well, maybe that's your compromise. I don't give two shits about playing golf. I give a shit about ripping them beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, but sometimes you, you do those things or, or maybe um, I've seen so many people that just those type things is how they open the door into polyamory. Yeah. Right. It, um, it wasn't to save their marriage, but they were just like, oh, like, you know, people are exploring things outside of their their partner. They're even non-sexual, and that's what they're into. So, uh, Tom, before we get to the I am, am I the asshole this week mm-hmm. here, uh, are you into uh, role-playing and role-playing games? Yes. If you're into role-playing and role-playing games and you would like to continue to help out our podcast, there's a little thing called Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer is an online uh, role-playing whodunit game. That you can, uh, they mail you clues and things, and you play this. It's a, you know, a whodunit. And you can go to huntakiller.com, and if you use code SOUNDSTOOTH, you'll get 20% off Hunt a Killer. So if you're into role playing in the, you know, in a kinky way, maybe you'll like doing some role playing as a detective in a, uh, you know, non kinky way. So go out there and do it. And then also get those pegging toys. So let's just buy all the stuff from us. How about that? Yeah. 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 Just do it. Absolutely. You can be a pegging detective. A pe- <laughs> A detective at a pegging scene. Yeah, there's a there's a Dick Tracy joke in there somewhere, <laughs> but I just can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find it. Was that the Dick and Tracy or yeah. <laughs> Tracy Cox? 
there you go. The Dick and Tracy Cox. There we go. We've tied everything together. Good for us. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is the first time I've read this because I missed it earlier. Uh, but am I the asshole for being bothered by the smell during my girlfriend's special time? God damn it. <laughs> A little context. I, male, 34, have always been very sensitive uh, sense of smell, especially to unpleasant odors. They really bother me. I think it might be a super smeller or something. <laughs> Good job. Anyways, uh, this causes issues when my girlfriend, female, 25, all right, nice, uh, is having her special time of the month. I understand that it is something that girls have to do, <laughs> but when she does it, it leaves me bothersome odor in the bathroom that bothers me. I'm sorry to laugh. I just, <laughs> he said something girls have to do. <laughs> yeah, something they have to they do. They just have to do it. <laughs> like, uh, I never have, a, have to see anything gross or anything, but I can still smell it. I tried talking to her about it nicely, but she got all upset and defensive about it, even though I tried to say it as gently as I could, maybe because it was her special time of the month. She said that she I don't like the way this person phrases things. Yeah. Later, when I uh, finally calmed down herself, I offered a very reasonable compromise. I asked if she could use the bathroom in the pool house during her special time. Oh, come on, bud. <laughs> it wouldn't really be inconvenient for her. It's just outside the Oh, it's, it gets worse. We're almost 20 feet away. Once you get outside, she got all mad and again said that if I didn't like it, I could use the pool house bathroom. But I told her that I didn't, it didn't seem fair since I wasn't the one stinking of the bathroom. <laughs> Why should I be to go outside all the time? She is still mad at me. God damn it. I think she's being unfair. Oh, she doesn't understand how much the smell bothers me. Some of our friends say that I am. Uh, I am the asshole, though, so now I'm not sure. What do you think, Reddit? Asshole. <laughs> Whole even, ass, whatever you want to call him. I not get through this one because it's so, he's so in the wrong. <laughs> uh, and so, and doesn't see it. Like, he's genuinely mm. thinking, you know, do I, am I? The, like, yeah, come uh, Genuinely okay. fucking clueless. Right. Hey, am okay. I the asshole here or what? I mean, uh, <laughs> my, my girlfriend's cooch is stinking up the bathroom in here. Hey, like this guy, yeah, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> What do you do when she takes a shit like that? That's going to happen on a much more regular basis than her delicate time of the month or however the fuck he phrased so it. So I, I, I will say that's, you know, maybe it's just an aversion to that smell. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever smelled blood, but like it's gross smelling. Like, no, I don't like it. Yeah. No. So maybe that's just the aversion that it's like that particular smell. But, dude, if if this like positing the like that because of her natural thing that she cannot stop. That she needs to go use the outhouse, basically. Like, that's some that's some off. Old Testament rules, is what that is. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck off, bud. Like, Unclean, go to the forest. Yeah, yeah, you're the asshole, man. <laughs> and uh, this is a very easy dump jump. Oh yeah, this jump. This oh, is yeah. classic uh, jump dump. Unanimous yeah. dump jump. Female twenty five, go out and find yourself a man who will not, uh, or anybody who is not going to, basically. <laughs> ostracize and like banish you from the house because of something you literally cannot control. Put on your hood and walk outside. And again, that phrasing of, I know that she has to do it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things wrong with the phrasing all throughout that post. I, boy, you know, this is one where I really wish we saw the, the responses because it has to just be putting him in a body bag. <laughs> yeah. I scrolled through them and that's basically what yeah. it is. It's, it's the men and the women being, yeah, putting him in a body yeah, bag. Yeah. Just like, all right, bud. Well, well, we, we're going to do a couple of OnlyFans plugs before we get there. Yeah, yeah. I've still got mine OnlyFans slash knob underscore Sterling for comedy and uh, dicks and stuff. Uh, we've also got 
the woman that puts the extra and extraterrestrial Tabitha Lane. Now hers is she's got some really artistic stuff. She does some body painting uh, and just some really great stuff. She's doing thirty one days of Halloween. So if you like. Star Wars and Devils and I don't know what all costumes she's got, but Tabitha with an I, T-A-B-I-T-H-A-L-A-N-E. Free to subscribe and then show her some love when you get there on OnlyFans. All right. Well, take us home, Tom. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fucktales. My name is Tom. And I'm Kiki Kara. And I'm Devo. And this has been Digital Intercourse. <laughs>